Hail cheaters, and welcome to the final podcast of the 2022-2023 Fantasy Premier League season. My name is Josh. This is the I Was Cheating Podcast. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Joshua Dale Landon, I am good, and I am holding the brim of my cap as I tip it toward the season and wish it adieu. Uh, Goodbye. Farewell. We're here to sort of like, I guess more sort of remember the good times and the bad yeah. uh, of, of the previous season. Do a little TikTok. I had mm-hmm. this conversation with my wife the other day. I said, you know, such and such an article gave a TikTok on January 6th or something like this. And she she was, is, is that in reference to the social media platform TikTok? And I had to explain, no, for those who are not paying attention, there is a form of uh, like recounting uh, a, a, an event that happened that is a TikTok, and I want to give the TikTok of Game Week 38. Would that, that not be like, great? A, like, an like an oral... antiquated? <laughs> did you make that up? Is that a, that's a real no? Thing? I definitely didn't make that up. I think that's a thing. Like it's sort of like a TikTok, TikTok as the clock goes. Uh, this is what happened minute by minute, hour by hour. If you yeah. could be in the black horse. With the cheaters for Game Week <laughs> oh, so 38. It's like that Johnny Depp movie where it's like the whole thing is in real time. Like, Which uh, is called TikTok, minutes. perhaps? I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sure either. Which, there, was a moment, there was a moment, Josh, in the uh, Manchester United-Fulham match, which uh, Sabitzer was being ushered down from wherever he was sat as a uh-uh. non-playing player, where he looked like Johnny Depp because he was wearing sunglasses and had a man bun of some kind and it was just like why is johnny depp an unused substitute for manchester you know no it's sabitzer of all the like man united buys an aging player uh to capture some of his like that one actually kind of worked a little bit you know until until he got injured it was surprisingly effective the sabitzer Signing. So, uh, but I could go on about Man United, Brandon, probably the most irrelevant team in, in fantasy today. Uh, well, there there were a handful. It was, it no, was a Bruno very... Fernandez was a big a big trigger. That's in true. Tables. That's that's true. Uh, lower ownership than I was expecting, even in the top ten k. I think it was only in the in the sixties, maybe. Um, a very interesting final day. A, a day that probably is going to force the fantasy Premier League game to make some changes going into the summer. I, I can't imagine anybody wants to wind to like do what just happened today, which is debate. Like the, I feel like the, the premier league, the fan, the fantasy premier league effectively seated the floor to a bunch of like people who know people. I don't, you know, I don't really, it was like, it was, it was just, it was a, a festival of leaks, the degree of which <laughs> I have never in my life seen. I've never like seen. Hanukkah is a festival of lights. Game week 38 is a festival of leaks. Yeah. It was just leak after leak after leak. And it was, you know, I felt like I was in a, uh, I was in a Whole Foods Brandon, with all the leaks that I was seeing, you know, it was Jesus. really, it was okay, very, here we go. now we're, now we're hitting rock bottom. So my question, my question to that is, I agree. I was certainly, I set my alarm with two hours to the deadline, uh, here in New York to just scroll through prospective well, eight, leaks. 8 a.m. Wow. That's yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. 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 Really struggling over here. Yeah. My guy. Um, but my, my feeling is like, does that make a 
sound in Stockley Park or wherever uh, oh, the fantasy team I lies, know. because I, I don't mean, and, and, and as, as we would discuss in terms of the FPL community, which oh, historically over the last five to 10 years has been most active on Twitter, which yeah. is a social media platform that is withering on the vine. I, I, I just don't know. Like, I feel like we might be in a little bit of a bubble here where we think a problem exists where it's just a problem of our own making. Yeah, I I guess so. I mean, they did move it from 60 to 90 once before. I mean, the problem I have now is, is honestly that it's not really fair the way, the way it is now. Right. I mean, it's sort of the idea of doing a deadline, you know, they just didn't solve the problem the right way, in my opinion, when they moved the deadline from 60 to 90. You have to make the deadline after the, the first team. Sh- well, for, first of all, you could just do it the like the most high chaos way, which is what they do in NFL fantasy, which is that you can just change your team before every game happens. Um, and I just I refuse to accept the defense that the site isn't good enough to handle that. It's the Premier League. They've got plenty of money. You know, they're the only game in town, and so they don't take the steps they need to make a functioning website. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, yeah, like, oh, we, like, you know, that's like, I don't have to hold water for the Premier League, for goodness sakes, right? I mean, they mint money. Like, the idea that they can't run a website that can handle some traffic is absurd. When every other fantasy site can do that just fine. But at the very least, the only fair solution, ultimately, is you shouldn't have to create a Twitter account in order to find out what's what's happening. I mean, Harry Kane went from, you know, 13% effective ownership to 100% effective ownership in the course of an hour today, at least in the top 10K, right? So everybody was just going on Twitter and and, and looking at these leaks and, and pulling out what they could. And it's just, you know, the idea is, well, it's, you know, it's, it's bad if you're in Australia or New Zealand or wherever. How is this better? You know, I mean, it's like if it's going to hurt you either way, I'd at least rather have a one hour window you know, between yeah. when, when the actual lineups are out and they don't have to spend hours, you know, w- waiting for some 23 year old Sky Sports employee to like <laughs> drop, you know, some, you know, uh, private information that that came through the fax machine or whatever. I think it is how the season ends. And uh, we're st- we, we have felt the ripple effects of the Queen's death since September when it happened which created uh, a hole in the fixture schedule, double game week, double game week, European schedule, European schedule, rotation squad amongst squads that become wealthier and wealthier who have deeper and deeper squads has been uh, the likes of which we haven't ever seen. I think no, it's fair the worst to say. Game week 38 ever from that. So, so leaks become the top of, of conversation. And I, I am just going to pause it, just become the scapegoat for the fact that lineups are just very difficult. We we are used to lineups being more stable than they currently are. And are we blaming deadlines and team leaks for for the actual fact of teams are just getting rotated and there is a flaw in the fantasy game, not because of the deadline, but because of our our lack of having squad depth? In our fantasy team. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, 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 it's also, it's not just squad depth. Cause I mean, a lot of these players did come on for one point. I mean, you know, it's sort of, you know, I think it's, um, I mean, to me, I don't like the anxiety of it that, right. I mean, you and I were talking about this before the pod started. I, I don't like, just give me, let me enjoy my morning and my breakfast 
And then an hour before the matches, show me the team sheets and I have an hour to adjust accordingly. Instead of refreshing Twitter and then trying to decide if a leak that comes through is valid or not. And you can say, yeah, you can just ignore it, but you kind of can't. If I had ignored all those leaks today, I wouldn't have had Harry Kane, right? I would, my team would have looked, my my lineup would have looked radically different. Um, You know, I, I had to pay attention to that stuff. And so the fact that I'm dealing with this incomplete information, I just, I, I, you know, I really, I don't know. I just, I found it very frustrating. It made me very anxious having to constantly refresh for hours and then, oh, so-and-so leaked, but then so-and-so blocked them. So I guess that must not be a valid account. It's like, give me a break. Just like, let me see the team sheet. <laughs> Goodness sakes. Yeah. And let me adjust accordingly. It's sure. It's sure. A, yeah. Yeah. It, we, it's an argument for not being online in so far as uh, you're, you're going to quote unquote online people for information where you should just be like, Hey, you're the league who runs the sport, could I get the information from you? Could the information be a part of the game? Yeah, I guess guess that's what I'm ultimately saying. So, you know, because by the time... So Game Week 38 kicks off. I have uh, some small leads in a a handful of of mini leagues that we're in. Um, And so I am like... But the anxiety of spending three hours looking for leaks and making changes um, has got me like it hopped up into a massive state, right? And so... Uh, I, you know, so I show up at the, at the black horse and I am, I wouldn't even say that I'm happy. I I would say I was, I was just too, um, I was too keyed up. I was too keyed up to enjoy myself. And maybe that would have been true no matter what. I don't know. Uh, but, and, and, you know, the, the matches starting 90 minutes later didn't help either. It's always nice when. I'm still drinking my first cup of coffee when Game Week 38 kicks off. It's already, especially in America, you know, in the UK, wow. because of it's like because the of princess blackout. and the pea over here with Game Week 38. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even know what is that a reference to. What do you mean? You know the print the story of the princess and the pea is she's sleeping on her uh, mattress and something slightly uncomfortable because there's a pea under yeah. the mattress and the, I know I know the story how's what has that how's that relevant I'm just saying like discussion? it's sort of like a cascading effect of like all of these little slights and little peas <laughs> I guess being so. entered into Josh Landon's game week 38 sure sure and maybe everybody else thinks this is fun maybe everybody else likes an, an account with eight followers um but anyway the you know so I I'm just sort of feeling like a little anxious going into the day and um and then the yeah the deadline was 90 minutes later and um so we get to the bar. The bar is inexplicably not open. And uh, I was so that that didn't help me either. Just standing out in the sun, um, in the cold. In the, yeah, it was like it was like 72 degrees. But still, it was uh, it didn't help. Right. And then, of course, I got another cup of coffee because I was waiting around. That made me even more anxious. Right. So I'm just a what did you pay for nerves. the cup of coffee? How much did that set you back? Uh, but it was a cheap, actually. Three seventy two by New York. Standards, no, it was like three twenty five. For a cold, wow. like a, a small cold brew, that was not okay. bad. Black, yeah. um, and I, I did tip, you know, of course, too. So, you, I someone recently said, you know, anytime you get a cup of coffee, um, and you can just round up, that's what you should do, right? So, it's like if it's 322. Yeah, you go up to four. Like that's that's what it, you know. Okay. Or if it, or if they do the one dollar. Now everything's square, right? So it's sort of I do percentage or just one dollar if, if that's yeah. the option. So anyway, sure. pay it forward. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. you got to do. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, and then I had to been debating all morning between Sal and Kane, and I just couldn't decide. And you know, ultimately, my feeling was um, I, I thought Sal would really want to really want to get his twentieth goal. He's on nineteen the season. Um, I thought it would be a wide open game with lots of goals in it. it turned out to be true. That's correct. Um, 
Yeah, four four. A classic, yeah. a vintage Game Week thirty eight score. So true. Line. It, just the, just like that Man United match you were talking about on the Patreon pod, the the five five Man United Everton match. So I just thought he'd get a lot of goals, and I thought maybe it's not that I thought. Lester or that um that Leeds could could necessarily keep Kane in check, but I thought, well, Kane isn't necessarily like a two goals and assists kind of guy this season, right? He's incredibly consistent, but he's like a a lot of eight and nine pointers are what we're getting from Kane, right? And I was like, well, maybe Salah could get a brace or get a goal and assist, and so um, that that was that was the thinking, and so um, so like I'm I'm super anxious. I go with, I go with Salah. I sit down, bang, like thirty seconds into the match. Kane scores a goal and I'm basically done from there. I'm in a, I'm in a, <laughs> I am just like spiraling. It's, it's two hours of spiraling. I go outside to get air two, maybe three times. Um, I am, by the way, this is all happening with all like tons of our friends. There, it's like 15 people, uh, all of whom are enjoying themselves, you know, more or less. And, uh, it mm-hmm. was, it was really, um, it was like a throwback. I had, I don't think I've had a real, like, super intense FPL experience like that in a while. I, I, I don't hope to have one again for a while. It was, it was, it was a bit much. Um, but I mean, well, from your perspective, tell me about your day, you know? Well, the yeah, on. The, the morning on, I, I, I similarly knew that leaks were going to be a part of my setting my team because yeah. I having Holland and, the question going into game week 38 really just revolved around Holland. We've built an entire fantasy season around this one player. Yeah. And uh, so many questions about where is my standing and overall rank in my mini leagues is how do I, how do I be different with my captain? And, and Holland is just there like the boogeyman in uh-huh. your closet. I don't know how big your closet is that you could fit. Would, would Erling Holland had to hunch over to fit inside of your your bedroom closet, Josh? Weirdly, no. It goes quite yeah. high by New York standards. <laughs> Fantastic. <Yeah. laughs> so so Erling Holland fitting comfortably into some Brooklyn closets, uh, but he will pop out. And I felt like the, the leaks just like, like given the potency, and I, I uh, agree with what you were saying about uh, Harry Kane and what we sort of like have all come to realize about Harry Kane is like, he's been here the whole time, just scoring goals. Yeah. And, uh, but we've not paid attention to him because of the power of Erling Holland and such. We had to pay such respect to it going into game week 38. Therefore the leaks suggesting that Erling Holland was on the bench, if not, not even having traveled with the team, makes Harry Kane for anybody looking for an edge so crucial. Yeah. And that's that's where I do agree with you where uh, the leak culture uh, is very influential in, in certain areas of the fantasy game because deciding to go ho- uh, deciding to go Kane instead of Holland and just like getting rid of Holland, which in any other game week seemed unfathomable. It was actually quite bre- uh, breathtaking in a good way for me to just ditch Holland. I transferred Holland out, had yeah. had him every game week this season. And as the leaks said that Holland wasn't going to start, I just, I, I had an, an, in my mind, I mean, you brought in Kane as well. You knew the power of Kane. Uh, and, and I wanted to climb uh, more than, you know, I, I wanted to cl- climb more than hold than you. So I decided to captain Kane. So as we uh, as as the games kicked off and Kane scored, I 
when I when I walked into the Black Horse, I I felt that I had I didn't think I was going to be so different going Captain King. And yeah. what I understood walking into the kickoffs of Game Week 38 was actually way more people went Captain Sala than I thought. I thought with the news that Holland wasn't going to start for City, that it was just going to be everyone Captain King. Because mm-hmm. uh, what I believed was uh, that even though Kane was like a, just a one-goal man all season that Leeds just had to score and. The, yeah. be, the, the, the belief in how bad, and I apologize to every lead supporter who is listening right now, and I, I have seen my, the team that I support get relegated multiple times. Yeah. Um, it's no bueno. It's no good. Uh, no. But you're just leads, the Leeds squad and the Leeds management was not good enough, and yeah. I just it's, felt that it's, they, they, it's not always the worst thing. You know, it's not always <laughs> no, the worst yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I kind of like. I kind of feel like Everton, oddly, was the best equipped to go down. Like they would have bounced right back up. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, Leeds, Leeds, I do think could also hang on to a lot of players. I do think that um, that they could hang on to you know our beloved Americans, some and some other key key players, and, and come right back up. Uh, yeah. So when that when that Kane goal went in, I thought. Here we go. I feel like this is going to be a rare, great game week 38 for Brandon. And it kind of became uh, a reliving of my entire season in real time down to my goalkeeper of Ederson, who, I mean, hilariously, I had I have the Ederson Allison goalkeeper rotation, quote unquote, and it was Allison was leaked to not be in in Allison was not uh, not in the lineup. Am I going to have no <laughs> of my premium goalkeepers? No starters. Ederson starts, and I didn't want to start him because I knew exactly what was going to happen. Man City were going to uh, leak a goal somewhere late into the second half, which they did. Yeah. I was looking so smooth with uh, Ederson on three saves, Max Bones, yeah. and. And and Brentford scored, and um, and I lose that clean sheet, which which my my edge in the game week disappeared at that point, because I only had ten players. I had a I had no bench to speak of: Kurt Zuma, Luke Shaw, Andreas Pereira, and uh, and Lewis Dunk, who like mm-hmm. Brighton. We can we can come back to this later, Josh. But how how Brighton have been. The most interesting storyline of the entire fantasy season, and yet they have tanked so many fantasy teams in the last in the last month. But yeah. but all all to say, all to say, even though like I had some ups and downs, the goal was I I my my fantasy season just kind of was evaporating very quickly. I like four weeks ago was at thirty nine k was at 89k going into game week 38 and now i had a green arrow up to 85k fantastic i wanted to hold in the top 100k that was you know at, at some point you, you just let go of cash and money and mini yep. leagues and totally. all that sort of thing totally so yeah. the fact the fact that i didn't i the body count didn't rise for me felt very good so um i i feel like the season it's like leaves me and it leaves me with not positive energy, but it leaves me with a friendly sort of 
handshake. And now something that I haven't reckoned with and what we must do now and over the course of the summer is what did we learn? Because I think this season has been, yeah. I mean, do you, what do you think, Josh? This is the th- probably the third season running where we've had to deal with some maniacal events, acts of God from COVID and all that sort of thing and the deaths mm. and the monarchy. Um, is this the most challenging of all those seasons, this, this season we've just finished? Uh, last season would still take the cake for me, uh, because it was, it was the most frustrating last season, at least just because nothing could top matches getting postponed 30 minutes before they started. And there there was, remember that one game week where it was, there was literally one match. It was just Arsenal (laughs) leads as the only game, you know, and it was just, at some point I was like, this is not a, a game anymore. Like, I don't know what this is, but this is, and this season had a little more bit like of Michael, that, the game starring Michael Douglas at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this at least had the, had the, um, it felt like a game all, all season long. I think, um, uh, yeah, I, it was an interesting season. I mean, I think, um, it's interesting. You brought up the, uh, uh, the late, the Ederson losing that clean sheet actually was what kept me in the top 10 keg. Uh, so it bad for you, but, uh, it was good. Um, for me, I was at like 10,640 and then I jumped like about a thousand spots after that went away. So, uh, I'm feeling a little, you know, I guess I'm, I'm sounding hugely disappointed. I'm really not. It's it's more than I'm, I'm I'm still getting the anxiety out of my system a little bit from, um, you know, um, I did try, try, and I tripled my rank over the last three weeks and that was sort of frustrating. Um, because you know, it is, it's like, we've talked about this before, but you just, you just recalibrate your expectations, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, if I was at 20 K going into the final three weeks, then my goal would have been top 10 K. If it's at, if you're at three K, your goal is, well, what, what kind of cool moves can I do to try to crack the 1K, right? You know, whatever it is. And so um, in the in the short term, there's always a little disappointment when you don't hit your goals. It doesn't mean that a week from now I'm going to be sitting around boiling still that I, you know, had this horrible season or anything like that. I, I really don't feel that way at all. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. It's my fifth season in the top 10K. That's a really, I think it's a really impressive accomplishment, and I'm really happy that I, that I cracked it. But, um, uh, yeah, I just feel like I, I left some points on the table. I mean, you talked about what we learned this season. I mean, I think one thing that's interesting about this podcast, um, and maybe the way that you and I have talked to each other this season is, well, first of all, uh, we made a real effort this year to stay positive all year, which is something that we didn't necessarily always do last season. Um, and I think, uh, despite the possibly, tetchy opening to this this podcast i think that we've we've mostly kept to that uh, all year right i think um, we've kept a very mm-hmm. positive tone all season and i think the idea there is not just like a better listening experience for people but it's also that this should be fun right that that's what like this like that's why you should be listening that's why we should be doing the podcast that's why we should play it all is it should be fun <laughs> and if 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 you can't find the fun then you're probably not approaching the game the right way. And so I think it was kind of like, you know, it's like sometimes it's like you, 
what's that thing where it's like, you know, fake it till you make it or whatever. It's like, sometimes it's like, you just put on a friendly face, right? <laughs> like find a way <laughs> to, to frame it in the best way. And that's like, you almost, tr you trick your brain after a while. Uh -huh. Right. And then, <laughs> you know, Hey, we are having fun. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which we, which we were, but it's like the, the opposite can definitely hold true too. Right. Which is that if you start to, if you start to frame everything in a negative way, then, then everything starts to be seen through. Sure. That lens, yeah. Right? No, Even, I, I believe that for yeah. sure. Yeah, even uh -huh. good stuff. And so I think that that was, that was really cool. But I, I think um, the other thing that I think is interesting is I think you and I talked more about our respective philosophies and approaches to FPL this season. And I think that has been, that has been interesting. And I think, um, you know, I, we have talked before about, about, you know, your occasional conservatism, you know, and, and, and the, maybe the drawbacks of that. But I really felt down the stretch for me that, you know, I, the way I can be like a little reckless and fast and loose and not really care about team value uh, became a real problem right right at the end of the season for me on, on a couple of different occasions. And it's 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 something like that I can now consider kind of a leak in my game. Right. That I that I mm -hmm. want to fix. And so um, I don't know. I think that that was kind of fun for me this year, though, the way you and I sort of talked at various times about how we actually. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound to whatever, but it's like, it is sort of fun to like tease that out, you know, like that sort of as like a metaphor for your own, <laughs> like the way you look at yeah. the world or whatever, you know, it's sort of just a fun way to, to think. It's like poker, the way, you, you know, does the way you play poker say something about your, your personality, right? Or, you know, whatever. It's like, are they, are they, are they totally, uh, you know, un, unrelated or unreflective of each other? Yeah. What I find interesting about that idea of is the way you play a game reflective of your personality or is your personality going to dictate how you play a game. I don't like the, I don't, I, I don't like the framing of uh, a game's going to dictate who you are. I don't think that's what you're saying, but um, I, I, I like in a positive way, it's okay for the way you play a game to be an extension of who you are. Sure. Uh, and, 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 uh -huh. and to be very clear about this, when you think about just games in general and you think about the people in your lives who win like a lot yeah. of the games that you play, do those always strike you as like the people who are like <laughs> doing the best, you know, <laughs> like, uh. like the people that are, you know, it, it's, it's, it's clearly not true. Right. It's like, you know, and I'm talking about like literally anything, right. It's like, think about the people at trivia nights or whatever. Right. It's like, so I, I don't, I don't think that I, I you know, that it's like a, um, it's a through line in the sense that like, there's like winners and losers. It's more about like what, like the way that you approach the game. It's kind of yeah. interesting, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that I think is what we're, when this, this season, when we try to express the positive nature of the game, it is a not a binary goal. You win or you lose. You're not top 100 K 10 K or nothing. Right. Yeah. It is a, what do you want? Like, yeah. What, yeah. What, like, what do you want in relation to how do you want to play a game? And we have to figure out both of those things yeah. in order to find out a satisfying way in which you can enjoy playing the game. If yeah. your goal is to win or to be top 10K, okay, great. You have to be okay with playing the game a certain way. But if your goal yeah. is to maintain some sort of individual personality and be a little bit devil more care great we can play we can figure out a path 
pathway for that as well, or you probably don't need anyone to figure out a pathway well, yeah. for you in that situation. I mean, just think about the end of, right, I, I maybe had more moments where my game week score brought me, you know, happiness or whatever than you this season, but then also think about what happened at the end of game week 38 when um, I Irish goodbye um, our entire group of friends and you stuck around joking and laughing and drinking beers for two more hours, right? <laughs> so who's the real who's the real winner there, you know? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I it's, honestly a don't. it's a tricky oh, one. It's a tricky one. Oh, no. That's a good segue to our, our friends who joined us at the Black Horse, of course, always cheating, being... Um, we we cover the English Premier League, but we are based in New York City. Proudly so. We're American carpetbaggers, but we do love this game. And we love playing host to people who come to New York as Premier League fans from abroad or who live here. And we had the pleasure of hanging out at the Black Horse with expats, with uh, American locals, New York locals. Uh, we had Michelle from Swindon. Uh, weirdly enough, Josh... In New York City, in one bar, random bar in Brooklyn, you could have two British expats both hailing from Swindon in the same place. I know. It's weird. Not related. Yeah. I mean, I guess we have to run a DNA test uh, for, for that matter, <laughs> but uh, pretty wild. And best of luck to Sheffield Wednesday in their playoff on, on Monday. Uh, and Danny, we're really pulling for Wednesday there. Chup up, up the Chuppa Chups. Um, uh, who else? Who else was there? We uh, Jeff and Luke, of course, and uh, we had Brandon. And was it Zach who came by way of Philadelphia? Can we could we name them all? Uh, Tyler as well. Yeah, I don't uh, think I don't think we can or should. But there was a lot of people there. Uh, it's like it's going to turn into a um, romper room. Remember that when she looks <laughs> through the mirror, you know, yeah. and, and name people. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, thanks to everyone who came out. Thanks to the Black Horse for finally opening the doors about 10 minutes before the match started. That was a, <laughs> a great move, guys. Cool, 40 thanks. people all outside wanting to drink beers. Well, all the windows were open. and the Yeah, shout were out on. to the guy wearing a Christian Pulisic jersey, the guy who uh, still insists that, uh, I don't know, The Alchemist is a great novel or something like, like that. I don't know. <laughs> Pulisic, that's... We can't, you know, that that's that's a topic for the off season is uh, Christian Pulisic because um, now that Everton have stayed up, I think that that that's got to be his next club. It's just so logical. I uh, um, I don't know. It just feels so like such a perfect. Wait, what? Wait, wait, Everton? You said? Yeah. Don't you think Everton would be a good fit for Pulisic? Uh, yes, I, I think that's fine. Yes, I think that's that like a, that's. Fine. I think that's. See what that's that's the Landon Donovan move, right? It's like you know, and I, I, I he could play different yeah. positions and. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the problem with Pulisic is you just have to assume at this point that he's going to be injured more or less continuously throughout the end of his career. I mean, he's never not been right as a as a pro. And so, well, we don't have a we don't have a clear understanding of this, given that he just doesn't play at Chelsea anymore. Yeah, Uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting offseason for Americans in the Premier League because Tyler Adams, Brendan Harrison, Weston McKinney all going down. We've got Horvath. From Moontown. Shout out Coming to all up. the Hatters fans yeah. out there. We must have a thousands upon thousands of new <laughs> Moontown fans tuning in to always cheating. Yeah. We'll get to That'll preview their team and all that. I I, I do wonder if Horvath is going to survive the summer. We don't know. I hope so. That'd be fun. He has yeah. fewer caps. I was I was Googling him yesterday because I, I feel like he's been kicking around the U.S. men's team for a long time. But it, it turns out he only has... A small handful of caps. Um, I think it's the, he's just a victim to Matt Turner being as good as he is in the sh- yeah. in the then shadow of Zach Stefan, who is now sure. 
just kind of a dope Where is in the Stefan championship. Is he, is He's he, at Middlesbrough at the moment. Okay. Okay. Was it his own loan or is he just move from, from Man City? Uh, I don't know if it's a loan or not, but uh, don't worry yeah. about it. It's not like you're going <laughs> to see him starting in it. cup matches for Man City anytime soon. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. All right. Well, let's let's quickly run off a couple of uh, a couple of uh, winners here. Uh, always cheating Super League winners. Yeah, we got to figure out. Brandon. We have to like sit down next week with a piece like a pen and paper and figure out who mm. we got to send uh, prizes to. We got a lot of prizes okay. out there. We got to uh, we got to distribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's let's kick things off with the always cheating Super League top ten. Siakir uh, Tay. Kind of that name has been all around this year, Brandon. I'm glad to see Sierra stick around in the top 10. Uh, Vicky Davis, uh, Guillerme uh, Almeida, Hakan Vingelsgaard, Sarah Edge, the Edges, uh, kept in the top 10K. Congrats to them. Uh, Stephen Caulfield, Charlie Boyle, NG Wesley, uh, Wong Tracy, and Khalid Zaki. Khalid Zaki finishes first in the always cheating Super League, Connie FC. Congrats to Khalid. Uh, Khalid, if you are out there and you're listening to this podcast right now, please send us a message, either hailcheaters at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, Blue Sky. You can find me over there, Brandon, Blue Sky, yeah. uh, on our Discord, wherever wherever you want to find us. And uh, we'll, we'll get you. We just always cheating merch. I've got a weird thing about Khalid there. So he finishes uh, ranked five overall in the world at the end of the season, which is an wow. incredible rank. That's great. Go back to the 2019-2020 season. Alex Coates uh, tops the Super League at rank 39. You wouldn't believe it, but in 2020-2021, Finn Solly also finishes in 39th. So two seasons in a row, the winner of the Always Cheating Super League finishes in 39th position. So uh, a- a- as discussed, uh, who was who the winner of the Super League? Uh, Khalid Zaki. Uh, Khal- Khalid finishes in fifth. Guess where our our uh, winner last season ranked overall in the world? Uh, 
I'm going to guess fifth. it's... Uh, fifth. Yeah. Fifth. I was, yeah. Fifth. <laughs> I was like, should I yeah. give you a It's a leading question. Yeah. It's a yeah. leading question. So what yeah. are the odds that uh, two and two, we've got people finishing the same rank overall? It's very interesting, but we're moving up in the world where we got strings of 39 to strings of 35. Soon enough, the winner of the FPL game will also be the winner of the Super League. It is destined That's true. I know. And it's such a great... And as you could tell by my terrible reading of all the names it's a it's an extremely international league which is very very cool more than was it more than the twenty five thousand managers in there right so that's uh it's good stuff uh we also have a patreon league brandon we don't often shout out the patreon supporters uh on this i mean we start the patreon supporters we don't always start the patreon league in this podcast i just wanted to quickly uh say a big thanks to them because they're the ones who uh, allow us to keep doing this podcast each week and uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast this season uh, and you want to uh come say thanks we'll be Back doing pods in, I don't know, presumably July. Um, I mean, certainly wouldn't be in August. But, you know, we'll we'll do it in in July. I, we're we're going to take June off because uh, we need to. You know, as you can tell, I've lost my voice here, Brandon. You know, too. Mm-hmm. That's part of it. Uh, and so we're we're going to do a little reset this summer, um, and then uh, and then come back. Um, I don't know. Usually after the Fourth of July, that's usually a good time for us to 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 kick things off. Um, so. I want to shout out uh, the top 10, though, and the Always Dream Patreon League. Uh, Oscar Harp, uh, Dave Ling, Rod Goodyear, Dave Newell, Chris Bush. And then we're at the top five now. Uh, Chris Krushka, Zoltan Vago, Todd Byerly, Nick Wright, and Eric Sibbles. Nick Wright made a huge surge um, down the stretch. Almost uh, almost uh, got Two Eric Sibbles shot. off of his, uh, mm. his incredible perch that he was on uh, all season. But Eric, <laughs> Eric uh, holds on in first, so congrats to him. And uh, uh, both those guys did finish in the top um, thousand, so congrats nice. to, to both those guys. Yeah, and special uh, acknowledgement to Carrie Swanson, who uh, is a producer patron and won our, or she's a Volkswagen patron, I think, and won the Volkswagen producer patron head-to-head league. And if you want to get in on a high-stakes Patreon head-to-head, you've got to be a Patreon supporter at that level before Game Week 1 next season. And... One of the perks of being a Patreon supporter is our much, uh, our very legendary last cheater standing uh, tournament run by the incredible Dave and Francis. They are the angels that that uh, haunt the hallways Sit of the Always Cheating Discord. We yeah. love them. Yeah. And everyone is just infatuated with this competition, The Last Cheater Standing. Corey Cummings emerges in this season as victorious. Congratulations, Corey. Don yourself in cape and gown and scepter. You are the winner. Yeah, very. Yeah, congrats, Corey. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was, I was honestly heartbroken when I got knocked out. I think it was... Did you and I get knocked out in the same week? I feel like it was around that you got, time. Yeah, I, 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 it was sort of like, uh, you know, who are the twins in G.I. Joe? Like the Destro twins or something like yeah, that. Like, yeah. <laughs> when I, you, you got knocked out and the fi- very following week, I was knocked out. And I was it's sort like, of, it was very much it's, like It's that. like when, like, uh, yeah, it's like when, uh, like a couple that's been married for a long time. It's like one, <laughs> one, one of the people dies and the other one dies like, you know, three months later. Pretty much. So, yeah. yeah. We had to, yeah. to go out. I had no together. one to do the shopping for me uh, when you got <laughs> exactly. knocked out. So I just, exactly. I just, I had to <laughs> off myself. So here we are, you know, we've come to the end of the road. We've talked a little bit about today's matches. I don't think we need to talk about the season as a whole too much here. I am curious. Um, I guess I, you know, I, I sort of at the very top of the pod said, I, I think they're going to change 
some of the deadlines, the way it works, one way or the other, either they're going to make the deadline like three hours before the match is, or they're going to do it, it closer to, to game time. Um, do you think there's going to be any other... Ch- like, okay, a couple questions, actually. Yeah, one, do you think sure. there's going to be any, any actual changes to the game itself? And two... Um, what do you think they're going to do with prices next season? Because I know prices were kind of a <laughs> kind of a problem this year because everyone was cheap enough that it there was a there was an argument that because everyone was kind of the same price, it led to some very samey teams. Everyone could kind of own all the key players. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I I I see both of these problems on their face and 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 respect them, but at the same time, uh, these are the these are the same problems we've been talking about every season sure there is always the question of template teams everyone's got the same how do i how do i be different we know this from questions from our listeners at the end of every season like i i'm trying to gain ground but i have the same team as everyone i don't think that prices necessarily dictate that i think if if there is any culprit it is the midfield where there were not there were not enough sort of like seven to eight million. Yeah. Uh, but, but you have to augment that with why did we even, why would we even want them? Because Arsenal, their midfielders, we had too many to choose from and they were producing. So it's like, I'm, I don't, I don't want to complain about the gift horse that was yeah. Arsenal midfield. I think what's really intriguing looking ahead to next season is who is going to be the next Arsenal. And and we've, we've seen this way yeah. of Arsenal before with uh, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli in the six to seven million range. You look back to Leicester with uh, Riyad Mahrez. Uh, just like, there's always an incredible uh, sect of uh, assets in that in, in there and like is Chelsea going to be downgraded in price to a degree and then improved to a, the opposite degree by Pochettino that they become new I, I I just see it kind of as like enchanting and exciting to be like where are the bargains going to be yeah. I don't really buy the argument that prices dictated how template the teams were um, I don't really either. I don't really either. I feel like, go ahead. well, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I think um, there's a, a keeping up with the, with the Joneses mentality that, that some people seem to have, which is that, uh, well, I have to get that player because everyone else is or whatever, you know, and I know this is somewhat tied in with the, you know, the fact that you can go to all these sites now and you can check the effective ownership at all these people. And people, there's a feeling like, well, uh, all the teams are the same because that's the optimal pick or whatever. And then, uh, you know, I don't know. And I, like, to me, it's, it's like, you know, if you're, if your range of options is, it might just be too narrow in some cases. And so, um, but I, I also do think some players were mispriced a little bit this year uh, up and down. Um, I think that sun came in too high, um, maybe overstated his, his, there, there, there are actually some players that were effectively unownable this season. And I, it would be kind of cool if you could do, this would be like maybe impossible to do. I, but it'd be cool if you could like reset some like a handful of prices at midseason. Like just make Raheem Sterling like eight million, you know, in January or something like that. And it's like, well, we got that one wrong. <laughs> like yeah, that'd be right. such a cool yeah. yeah. <laughs> Counterpoint: You've just checked Son and Sterling, both players. Like, was there a point at, at any time during the season where you would have wanted to have these players, regardless well, of price? 
maybe Sun, like this specific game week. I don't know. There were a couple of doubles that they had. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the example doesn't. But you know the the problem the problem was they were so expensive they were they weren't ownable and so it does it does cut both ways a little bit and I actually think in general that they I mean I I don't know that I'm uh, getting mad about prices it's like I, I do think they're more or less doing their best and I yeah. I think this idea that they're they're pricing I actually think people get a little galaxy brain about it like oh um, they're pricing them low so that the fans of the teams. Uh, won't will be able to have all their be- favorite players <laughs> or whatever, and it's like okay. and that's how casuals that you know because the whole thing's a PR push, no. for the, and I'm like, come on, I, no. I, I, this, I actually, this 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 yeah. this as discussed, this is the opposite of a PR push. This fantasy game, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, fantasy game like a website that doesn't work. Like I don't know what to tell you know, but yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, so I, I do not think that's the case. I think they're trying their best. I think when someone like Holland came in, there were some doubts about whether he was going to, there was the spacing thing, right? Is he going to be able to find the space that he found in the Bundesliga? And of course that kind of immediately became rendered obviously, uh, incorrect, but, but yeah, they don't know that. I mean, this stuff, you know, stuff's all very easy in hindsight. And so they probably said five, maybe he should have been 12, five. I don't know. But like, yeah, I guess he'll be 14 next year. I mean, you've got to, he's got to be pretty high. I was talking to somebody at the Black Horse today where they were lamenting the prices, and they're like, you remember the season where Mane was 0.5 cheaper than Salah? Like, what a misprice that was. And I'm like, well, what was the problem? Like, well, Mane was 0.5 cheaper, and that was somehow a disincentive for me getting Mane. And I'm like, I I don't really understand your reasoning here. Did Mane do really well that season? Well, yes, he did very well that season. However... (laughs) <laughs> it's all it's just it's it's very armchair uh, crap and um <laughs> it is I, I think it's the nature of the budget salary cap fantasy game is just kind of clunky this is why a draft game is i mean it would be a little maybe it maybe there's a cleaner nature to the draft game because of that like how do you for it, the entire managerial pool cleanly price every player <laughs> yeah like that 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 is beyond asking i, I, think, I that's, think so yeah uh, I, if you if if we can field teams that we generally get points from which we have done year yeah. after year after year it's fine and uh, the game is to work around that and yeah uh so it's a different i think game. what will I, yeah totally i think what will define this particular season is how cheap our teams were yeah. And how, like you were saying, you lamented not having greater team value. Well, you didn't worry yourself from team value because uh, you could afford most players that you wanted throughout yeah. most of the season. Yeah. But throughout the course of the season, there was always one big strategic debate of do I go triple premium? Can I get Kane, Holland, and Sala? So there are still like the prices this season, and I think every season never stand in the way of these real, uh, real strategic pivot points. And where I think you and I both fell short toward the end of the season was we couldn't figure out how to fit the best premium players in at the same time. Like we lost yeah. so many points to where we could have gotten Kane, and we, know. we didn't choose that strategy. Yeah, get dropping Kane and the wild card and. 
Yeah, I just think um, yeah, Kane was a big one. Uh, that's a that's a big miss, and and I think um, I mean it just goes back to this sort of central tenet that we have talked a lot about this season, which is to um, to really focus on on proven talent. I I don't know. I don't know how else to. It's probably a more interesting way to say that, but like you know, just like players who with a strong track record of success are the people that you really want to be banking on, especially late in the season mm-hmm. when points are. Um, I mean, the points you are always sure bets, I don't know. right? Yeah, sure bets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at Eze this week, right? The ultimate kind of um, um, bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Not, not that he didn't, not that he hasn't done good things, but it was just sort of like you know, there was that was a hope and a prayer. It was a hope and a prayer, right? right exactly. There, you know, Palace had nothing to play for, and and to be honest, if, if things had broken differently, I would have brought in Eze myself. And so I don't want to make it sound like it was a crazy. Yeah. Transfer. Uh, once once we found out that like a third of my team wasn't starting, then you know, <laughs> I know God dictates your Man. strategy. Hey, they that was uh, that was wild. Yeah. I it was it was. I think you were right when you said before with the double game weeks, uh, and then all of the basically the way it worked out was like every important thing got clinched like in the last four days. Right, Man United with the Champions <laughs> League and Brighton with the Europa League spot and. Um, I, you know, you had the bottom of the table stuff, but that wasn't really relevant for fantasy because those tend not to be. Yeah. You don't want to leave you know? your fantasy fate to. Yeah. You just can't leave your fantasy fate to absolutely horrid teams. Yeah. I mean, Lester it's managed to handily beat West Ham. Great. Good for them. But can you admit now, can you admit now that maybe they should have gone for the win? And that Newcastle match, which I have been loudly... So there's there's just a misunderstanding of the argument that I'm making for Dean Smith's tactics. My argument is that he was going for the win against Newcastle and almost got it. Okay, I see. Okay, that is a misunderstanding. I thought you were implying that he was going for the draw. No, 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 not at all. I feel like the smash and grab was the tactic, and that's a tried and true... English way of going for three points. I think the smashing should have happened sooner. Then I feel like they weren't they weren't properly smashing that glass window and trying to take the jewelry out or whatever Uh till like the eighty seventh minute. I I might have started the smashing sooner. Sure, um, and then and then then leave a lot of time for the grabbing. You know, maybe maybe you act natural after the smash for the grabbing. Exactly. Fair, 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 fair. But well, I, I think, mean, whatever. Like, yeah. good, good. Uh, it's not good riddance to Lester because it's. I mean, it's quite. It's quite. They'll s- be right somber back. Up. They'll be back because up next year. I bet. I don't know. I think Lester are in a position of they have to rebuild the business. The 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 malfunction yeah. at at Lester is they've run out of money. It would seem. Right. Owner and dies. now it's going to be compounded yeah. by the fact that. All their best players are going to be moving on. Yeah, but for that money, high caliber. I mean, that is the, that is the benefit though of, of where they are is that they are they'll get these parachute payments and they they get to. I mean, Tielemans doesn't leave in a free right. Like I mean, a lot of these players are able to sell for mm-hmm. for for some money, and so they're going to have like a couple hundred million that they can spend in the off season yeah. without having to like open the owners checkbook really right and so i think uh yeah. i i think they they have to have a reasonable chance of coming back up because the, i mean they're going to keep a, a handful of players i would imagine too right your your boy vout face i'm sure he's gonna come back stop and, it uh, just stop yeah. that nonsense <laughs> <laughs> i mean um yeah well we'll see i'm curious to see and it's like certainly uh clubs that go down that don't have 
like major infrastructure, like like literal infrastructure issues, like great stadium, great fan base. Yeah, they just need to buy a few players and get yeah. in a good manager and make yeah. a run at it, sort of a thing. All right. Well, that I think we can end things here because this is just our little run up podcast. We have already been talking, you and I, Brandon, about some stuff that we want to do um, this summer, start of next year. Um, so we are. We're coming back. It's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I, I, I think in a in a good way. Um, I, there's no actually there's, there's no I think about it. It will definitely be in a good way. Um, we're going to build on what went well this year and and not do the things that didn't go well, um, which was nothing. Brandon. No, and I'm sure that, you know. We're, <laughs> we're going to do an assessment of what we wanted. You know, uh, pick up the things that worked, and I think we're going to do a, a full um, refresh with our Patreon too, and and really um, think about what we want to offer people. Uh, who support the podcast too. And so we'll be talking to our Patreon supporters about that. And, um, you know, if you want to support the podcast right now, a reminder that in June, you will not be charged. We'll all not be charging any of our Patreon supporters during the month that we're not creating content. Um, and so, uh, you know, July is when we'll sort of restart things. So, uh, and, and restart doing, you know, exclusive content for our Patreon supporters. The Discord remain open the whole time, but it's, you know, so if you want to say thank you now or in the summer, you know, go ahead, go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, to support the podcast. You can get some old episodes there as well. Some funny, some uh, ask us anything uh, pods on there and some other fun stuff. Side splitting. Side splitting. Your sides will split. Um, and uh, yeah, in a horrifying way. And uh, uh, but yeah. And uh, Brendan, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Yes. Big thank you to we cannot <laughs> shout them loud you. enough. Our yes. our highest possible Patreon tier. Uh, these are the legends. Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, who is in Disney World right now. Let it let it shine, my friend. Bob is Coon, <laughs> James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, Yanos, Jesse Halstead. Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, tough luck in the last shooter standing, Brian. You'll be back next season. Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, who is a great resource for any end-of-season trophies that you might need. Also, Kerry Swanson, our producer Volkswagen head-to-head winner. Put a trophy next to Kerry's name. Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wild Mings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie. Vulgar call up, Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson. Tough luck, Craig. Leeds are lead. You're, you're confident that Lester are coming right back up. What about Leeds, Josh? Depends on who they keep. Put a pin in that. All right. Thomas yeah, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Andre, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Hertzig, Keith Cram, Thomas Tislob, Noah's, Noah and Louise, and Travis Grant. It is the end of the season. That is all she wrote. The curtain is folding, which means now is the perfect time. Just take a moment. Open up that podcast app wherever you're listening and give us five stars. Leave us a rating if you'd be so kind. Um, You don't have to give to the Patreon. That's the least you could do, and it really helps. Or follow us on social media so you can keep up with all those changes that Josh mentioned coming up in the summer and into the next season. Twitter, we're most active, at Hail Cheaters. Instagram is the same, Facebook, at Always Cheating. And visit our website for all this and more at alwayscheating.com. All right. Thanks, everybody. And by the way, congrats to you, Brendan, to win your, your Gabriel Jesus versus... 
Darwin yes. Nunez bet quite definitively, might I add. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I love winning something. I, I was in the position to not win anything, and I won something. So, uh, Marlon, uh, tough luck. Uh, we both picked uh, very it, players very prone to injury. <laughs> yeah, but in the end, definitively. In say. the end, I emerged victorious, and I love <laughs> it. So there we go. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Seriously, thanks to, thanks for listening all year, and thanks for all the kind words from um, from people, uh, just uh, people on Twitter and people on the Discord. And it's just, uh, you know, it's really, um, it's just, it's just, like, you know, I don't know. Anytime anyone goes out of their way to say anything nice to anybody else, whether it's for this podcast or whatever, it always feels good. So thank you for um, for saying nice things. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next season. So talk to you soon. Bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.